Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Excuses Be Gone. I'm Diane Ray, taking your calls here in Carlsbad. Dr. Wayne Dyer does join us live today. I'm very happy about that. He's joining us in Florida on the phone. And welcome back, Dr. Dyer. It's good to talk to you. Thank you. Well, I wanted to tell you, I saw that piece on ABC News that you did just recently. I thought you did a really good job. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was uh, it was very interesting how they do that. They filmed me for endless hours um, and sent crews all over the place. It ends up to be four minutes, and and they pick two or three minutes where they try to see if they can uh, trap you and prove that what you're talking about doesn't work. That's sort of the way uh, network journalism works. But uh, it was fine. Uh, it, it's, uh, I, I always think about all the endless possibilities of talking about the good that is being done and, uh, and all the people whose lives are being touched and so on. But uh, they usually want to take a little different take. So. Yeah, that happens sometimes, or they'll edit it down to just, they sure did. you know. They, they took little pieces out of here and little pieces out of there to make it come out the way they want it. It's almost like the news people feel like they've got to challenge everything and, and try to make it, you know, uh, see if they can smear you in some way. And it's, uh, it was kind of fun because I'm, I'm beyond that. It's like I've been doing in this public eye for so many years that I just uh, I just sit back and just sort of watch how they how they go about doing it. I'm I'm at, I'm at peace with all of it. So they put the whole focus on my leukemia, which was a minor thing uh, as far as I was concerned. But that's the that's the way they wanted to to you know spin right. the program. So that's the way it was. It's fine. Yeah, they always spin it. You yeah. know, try to make it more sensational. But what I got from the whole thing was just you really are trying to tell people you know, assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled and, and it does work and, and you're handling it in your own life. And I thought you carried it off with with a lot of grace. Well, the, the, he was sort of implying and asking the question, like if, if you attract into your life uh, what you what you would like, why would you attract, uh, you know, why would you just stop this? And and uh, and it's like, the, I think they get confused between the body and who we are. You know, who I am is not this body. This body is just uh, something that you're in for a while and it leaves. And, uh, you know, St. Francis uh, died at, at the age of 45 with tuberculosis and Buddha, you know, they think had cancer. Um, Jesus was crucified at the age of 33. I mean, our bodies, everything that materializes dematerializes. And I don't take anything happening to my body as some any kind of punishment or proof that you know you can't uh, you can't be positive in the in the light of these uh, circumstances. In fact, if, if the whole interview had been showed, uh, shown. They would have seen that I just uh, I treat this leukemia just like I treat all the other obstacles in my life. It's just an opportunity to see if I can transcend it and remind myself that it's not what happens to me, but how I process things that determine my happiness in life. Absolutely, and that's such a great message to put out there because we all have challenges, and you're you know you're right. Our bodies. You know, it's not going to last forever. Yeah, everybody out there. I've never said that if you think positive, you're going to live forever. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Your body is. I, I, I don't make those kinds of claims, you know. And uh, and and everybody out there is going to die, and no, and no, there's nobody out there is going to die of nothing. You know, so, so so something is going to take place in, in in all of our bodies, and and everybody that's listening to this right now, there will be a whole new crew here a you know, hundred years from now, uh, taking over for the ones that are here now, and that's the nature of of the, of the material universe. But as I've always said, we are not here as human beings having a spiritual experience. It's the reverse, that we're all infinite spiritual beings having a temporary human experience in our bodies. And uh, 
we have the opportunity to enjoy it as much as we possibly can. That's what I try to teach. Absolutely. That's the real message. Mm. And we're getting callers coming in. I do want to invite people to join us. Absolutely. We had a great uh, I Can Do It in uh, in Tampa as well. Um, uh, there was almost 5,000 people there this year. It was really the most successful one we've had in a long time. And uh, we showed the film, The Shift, uh, and uh, well over 1,000 people came to watch it uh, at, at lunchtime at one, one of the days. And we're still holding that offer. It's open up until uh, the day before Christmas this year, so that if anybody wants to purchase five or more copies of The Shift for gifts and so on, they're, they can get them through Hay House at half price. So uh, that's a really good deal because I think that's for, I think it's, I'm not sure what the price, but it's around $10. Yeah, yeah it's very affordable. If you go to hayhouse.com right now, you can check that out and check out Dr. Dyer's offer and really bring bring it to critical mass. Make that shift going into Absolutely. 2010. Another thousand or so people watching it there, and then and as soon as it was over, everybody rushed out to see if they could get copies of it to give as gifts because the film makes that kind of a, an impact on people. So we'll be giving copies away of the shift continuously right up through the end of this year as well for everyone that reaches me on the telephone. Yes, if you get through today, we'll give you a DVD, so you could keep it, you could gift it if you've already seen the movie, and help uh, Dr. Dyer make that that critical shift that we're we're getting to that point, you know, a new year's coming up, and, you know, push us all in the right direction. Absolutely. So we can go ahead and take a couple of calls sure. still in this I'd segment. We've got about mm-hmm. nine minutes. Been missing that. Yeah, so get to talk to everybody dialing in. Let's go to Paul. He's calling right now from Fallbrook, California, on line seven. And uh, welcome to the show, Paul. You're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Uh, thank you, Diane. Thank you, Wayne. I'm a huge fan. Thank you, Paul. And I've been following your work for about 20 years. And uh, I use your paradigms. I use your insights as a professor teaching classes in stress management. Really? And uh, the question I have, Wayne, I'm writing a book. Uh, I'm co-authoring a book on affirmations. It's called Affirmations for Athletes. Mm-hmm. And the question I have is, what what affirmations do you remember using as an athlete, as a runner, and as a tennis player? Mm. I never had affirmations in tennis about winning. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My affirmations were always about uh, just allow me to uh, you know, to stay in a, in a state of concentration and to, uh, I can remember particularly when, in, in competitive athletes, athletics, um, there's, a, there's something called a zone. I'm sure you've, you've, uh, you've heard about it, where you get right. out there and nothing, nothing can go wrong. Everything just seems to be uh, fly, flying. I do this sometimes when I go out with my son to shoot baskets and you go out there and I just say, I'm feeling it. I can hit 10, 12, 15 shots in a row and nothing seems to be going wrong. And I've had experiences like that playing tennis as well, where you just know that you can't miss a ball and the wind is going to aid you if you need it and the sun's going to go in the other person's eyes if it's necessary. And, you know, everything just sort of, you get sort of almost a collaboration with fate, the fate with the gods out there. Um, and I can, um, I remember when I shifted my affirmations away from, um, uh, you know, trying to win to uh, when I was in a zone just to to affirm to myself that uh, if my part if my opponent was in a zone uh and I was the uh, recipient of of his being in that zone in other words I was I was the victim uh, in this case to remind myself to be just as up and to be just as positive and to be just as grateful for being able to participate in uh, in this kind of an experience when someone else is having it and you're there and to enjoy it and to watch it 
Um, I think the most significant affirmation I can ever remember was when I ran my my very first marathon. Um, and I, I was running along. It's a 26-mile run. And I was about, um, oh, 16, 18 miles into it. And I heard, started hearing people talking about the wall, you know, that you're going to run into this wall out there and you're going to, you know, because the, they say in a marathon that there's two races. There's the first 20 miles and there's the last six miles. And both of them are equally as difficult. Um, and I just can, re- I can remember affirming uh, that there is no wall. There is no wall. Uh, and keeping that to myself. And if there is one, I will just run right through it. It's not anything I'll run around it. Uh, it's not going to be anything that's going to bother me. But mostly I would just affirm for myself uh, as a competitive athlete and as a, as a person who was doing running, and even now when I swim and so on, that um, my affirmation now when I swim, for example, in the ocean is to stay in the moment. You know, uh, I affirm that I will stay in the moment and enjoy every moment of this uh, activity. Uh, rather than putting any pressures on myself, what kinds of things are you doing with it? Well, I, I'm I want to use it to help the athletes, uh, for sure, to stay in the moment. Uh, for example, I am here now is an affirmation. Yes, yeah, right. And I, uh, to to stay positive and to stay focused on on what they what they want to have happen, not what they don't want to have. Right. Happen. Yeah, I think that's. That's, that, that would be the, that would be the place that I would go with it, uh, and, and also not to assume that you can affirm that uh, you know that God is going to be there for you and and not, and not for your opponent. I heard, I think, one of the uh, the quarterback for the University of Florida, Tim Tebow, I think his name is. I heard him being interviewed after the game. I, one of my daughters goes to that school, has friends at that school, and and he was saying that God, you know God gave him the victory and God was on his side. And I was thinking that. You know, that's sort of an interesting ego-directed approach to what God is, as if God is just picking sides and choosing one one group of people over another. Um, uh, right. Yeah, right. I think you have to be careful and cautious with that. And and I'm a, a huge fan of, of uh, Louise Hay, and I, I want to... She's very big on affirmations of all kinds. Yes, yeah. and I want to incorporate the uh, significance of using, of being grateful, always being grateful, being mm-hmm. able to... Uh, being grateful to compete, to be an athlete, and to to use your body. Yeah, I think that at, at this time, especially with what's going on in my body right now, I'm, I just every morning when I wake up, I mean, my first words out of my mouth are thank you, just like in the film, in the shift. My first, very first words are thank you. Um, and when I when I after I finish this, I'm going to be going over to a, a health club and doing a, a swim for about an hour. And uh, <clears throat> again, I'm just always in a state of gratitude for being being able to be at the place at this age, at this time uh, in my life, to be able to get out there and and, and swim vigorously for an hour and to, and to say thank you, thank you for all that I'm given. Yes, very good. Well, thank you, Paul. Good. good luck with your book. Okay, affirmations you, for athletes. We'll look for it. Great. Thank you so Thank much. You, bless friend. you, Wayne. God bless you, too, my friend. Well, hold on, Paul, and we'll get your address there. Uh, let's get to a few more calls here. Okay. We've got Kim in Las Vegas. I think a lot of people can relate to this one, especially around this time of the year on Line 3. And, Kim, welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Thank you very much. How are you today? Hey, Kim. How are you? 
Really good, thanks. Um, I had the pleasure of being a volunteer at the I Can Do It out here uh, for three years in a row, but you guys moved it. We moved it yeah. because Las Vegas made it so expensive to, to try to do business there that they moved it to San Diego, yeah. Everybody stayed at the machines instead of coming, or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I just think kidding. the, cost, the just... cost of doing things there is just so Yeah, uh, it is expensive yeah, out here. I'd rather come down to San Diego anyway. It's yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful there. Mm -hmm. Much more beautiful. We did anyway, that. um... I have a little situation. I'm sure a lot of people can understand at this time of year. Um, I have a step-family situation. My father actually passed four years ago, but he was married for 24 years to my stepmother. Um, I have quite a few step-siblings, and we try and stay, you know, a family. But I seem to be much of an outsider with them as well. I, you know, pretty much if people aren't positive around me, I tend to back away. Mm. However, I do have two children and want to keep family for them. Mm -hmm. So I find myself in a very precarious situation. I want them to still have family around and love around them, which they get along really well. But I feel very much an outsider around it. So I really have a hard time on I try and stay loving, I try and stay positive, but I seem to get caught up in their drama, even though I'm not involved in the drama, but I seem to come up all the time, and I don't know how to handle it. I'm, yeah. I'm lost. That's uh, that's one of the 18 excuses that I have written about exclusive in uh, in Excuses Be Gone. I'd recommend that you take a look at that. But uh, um, you know that there will be family drama is an excuse that we use, and then, and then we have uh, we sort of set our minds uh, to an anticipation of that family drama, and then um, we have a self-fulfilling prophecy that takes place. Uh, we find that the drama is taking place. I I think the the way the, the best advice I can give is to stay, stay above the fray. Uh, to not allow yourself to, um, first of all, even to be putting labels on step this and step that and, and all of this. It's like, uh, you know, those are your siblings. Uh, it doesn't make it doesn't make any difference whose mother, who, who was the mother, if you had a different mother, but the same father and so on. You know, you live with them, you're around them. They're part of the family. Absolutely. And the, my my real mother now goes to the functions. It, it, it's really, it's a convoluted kind of comical thing. Um, yeah, we have that too here. It, yeah, I have and, the, and, the, and it's fine, and it's fun at times, but it, it it's like now that we have all these crazy Facebooks and Twitter and this and that, unfortunately, it's not like I expect to walk into the drama. It's like the gr the drama hits me in the face before I walk in <laughs> yeah. because it's there. I know what's coming. But I always go back to, um, you know, it's when people of low energy, uh, when you're around people of low energy, uh, people who are angry, people who are upset, people who are depressed, people who are talking about each other, whatever. That's what I mean by low energy. Um, if you um, if you get upset about that, it isn't because of the people of low energy have brought you down. As much as we like to think that that it's their fault and they're the ones who are doing this to us, it's because you literally have joined them in behaving the same way that they are. That is, in other words, if you get upset with somebody for being upset with you, uh, you've just doubled the amount of upset in the room. If you get depressed uh, when you're around the, the people who are depressing, 
um, you've just you've just uh, again uh, d- duplicated the amount of, uh, of depression that is in the room. Um, so what uh, I always go back to the the, the, the comments of, about Jesus that when he would enter, a, you know, a village, just his presence in the village would elevate the consciousness of everyone in the village, and his words to us were, you know, even the least among you can do all that I have done and even greater things. All you have to do, uh, Kim, is to stay in a place of, of love. Um, and just and just remember that this is who you are. You know that uh, you are in a God-realized place. You are emulating the source. You are living from a place of, of, of kindness and love. And and I think the greatest test of the ego, which is the reverse of uh, you know of the, of source energy, is uh, is to be able to love people who don't love us back in the way that we would like to be loved, or who don't respond to us the way we would like to have them respond to us. And if you can just use these uh, kinds of examples that you've given, the, the Facebook, the Twitter, and all of these kinds of comments and things that people are saying, um, as as an opportunity for you to put to put into practice uh, what I'm speaking about here, that is where you can stay in a peaceful place regardless of what's going on around you. I just went through this uh, right here with uh, with Thanksgiving. We had 31 people here, different family members, and some people are behaving in some ways and some others. Some are in their 90s. Some are in you know some are two and three uh, months old. And two and three weeks old, years old, and so on. Um, and I just, uh, I, I, every time I run into things that I would rather it wasn't going that way, I just use it as an opportunity to uh, send love to those people and want, I talk about it in Excuses Be Gone, to want the peace that you want for yourself, to want it more for your aunt or for your siblings or for others than you do for yourself. And uh, and, and, and don't take it all so seriously. You know what yes, I mean? That- I find that I do use humor a lot. Yeah. And I would like to give a little extra to you. You, I just wanted to say, like I said, I did have the opportunity, you know, with the I Can Do It. And I must say, you, of all the authors, stuck around, spoke to people, and you do have a presence about you. I just want to say you are an amazing person and I do use humor to try and counteract things and I don't know what it is about myself as a person personally. I can walk into a place and say, okay, I'm not going to let it get to me. I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm going to come from love or I'm going to deflect right. with humor. But after a while, I tend to absorb everyone else's energy. Mm. And then I let it start aggravating. Yeah, or... That's that's where you fool yourself. That's that, that's the part where you have to go to work on. Uh, you don't absorb their energy. You match it. Okay. Okay. That, oh, you know, ah, and that's what you go. want to be careful of. You don't want to be matching their energy. Um, okay. You know, you start behaving in those negative ways to to so negative I people. Back yeah. down to them rather yeah. than saying that. That's the key. It's always like you you mm-hmm. you know, no one can make you upset without your consent. Absolutely. You know, no one can make you angry or depressed or hurt um, without your consent. And if you can just stay in that place, even if you have to go to work on yourself. Um, one of the best ways I find for myself is to I just remove myself from the situation. When there's lots and lots of people and they're all sitting around and that kind of stuff happens, I just excuse myself and just um, go sit somewhere else, go meditate for a half an hour. Um, just allow, allow myself the freedom to, to be in that peaceful place because I most of the year um, I live alone. Even though I have a large family, I live out on Maui and, I, you know, um, and I've gotten accustomed to being alone. Um, yeah. And I treasure that time. You know, so I, I create it uh, wherever I am, but I try not to let myself match negative energy that doesn't uh, that doesn't work for me. Okay. Well, Have you seen you the shift so yet? No, I haven't. Well, you're going to get very... a free copy if you hang around. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate okay. it. And you have a wonderful holiday season. You do the same. Beautiful. God bless you. Hang on. We'll get, we'll get your address. Thanks for calling, Kim. That's such great advice, Dr. Dyer. I think a lot of people can relate to that at this time of the year. And, you know, I've heard you say uh, the similar uh, advice with people who say, well, my my partner or my husband, wife, they're not on my same spiritual path or they think that my ideas are crazy. And and I've heard you say the, the same thing. It's so great. You know, just wish them the peace that you would wish yourself wish for them more. Right. Want, you know? want, the, want the peace that you want for yourself or the love that you want for yourself. Want it more for them than you want it for yourself. And watch. That, then, then you double the amount of love that's in the room. You know, you, know you, you start acting in that way towards them, and then you start feeling better yourself. And that's you know, that's the key to it. Right? Exactly. Kim had that aha moment. Don't match the energy. Oh, yeah. that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, you're matching it. Because people, see, she said that it just sort of comes over me and it just, uh, you know, it, it just uh, reverberates in me or it just happens to me. But it doesn't just happen to you. Um, and we get used to that. Our yes. ego does that. Our ego all the time is trying to, uh, you know, trying to uh, prove somebody else to be wrong. Because the ego, the ego has two things that it wants to do. It wants to own everyone and everything that it touches or gets near. And it always wants to be right. Right. And being aware of that, you'll be one step ahead at the next yeah. family gathering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have time for another call in this okay. segment. So let's check in with Marla, who's joining us from Florida, although I'm not sure where Kitchener, Florida is. She's on line two. Thanks for calling, Marla. Hi, that's Kitchener, Canada. Kitchener, yeah, Kitchener Canada. Canada. Yeah. yeah, that's Ontario. outside, of, uh, outside of Toronto. I, yes. I spoke up there in Kitchener one time. Oh, have you? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for taking my call, Dr. Dyer. You're welcome. You're such an inspiration for me. Oh, I, thank you. I love you, and I watch you any every time I have a chance. Oh, that's so nice. What is your name? I missed it. Marla. Marla. Yes. Oh, great. Um, Dr. Dyer, I... Um, I'm always reading also the daily affirmations in the HealYourLife.com. Mm-hmm. And there was one today in particular that maybe if you can just quickly elaborate where you uh, you mentioned maintain an attitude of allowing mm-hmm. and to try and to uh, remove or replace negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you just elaborate how how I can replace them with with good thoughts and, and yeah. just where you say you are one in the source, just, you know. Yeah, this, it's like I mean, if you think of energy in terms of um, you know that uh, you know loving energy or positive energy or helping or healing energy versus a negative energy, and we know what the differences uh, right. you know are. You know, we know when we're in, in a negative energy uh, place. Um, the the more you can stay, more you can allow yourself to stay uh, aligned with. Uh, you know, Abraham calls it source energy. Mm-hmm. And source energy is the energy of God. It's what I call it's being a God-realized okay. person. Mm-hmm. Um, remembering what Einstein said, he said, I, you know, I just want to learn to think like God thinks. You know, that's that's my whole mission, and not to be solving, uh, you know, scientific problems, but just how does the source of all, which creates things, how does it think, how does it act? And, right. and it's always in a state of, um, I'm, right now I'm editing the uh, book that's coming out called The Shift, which is a, a companion book to the film uh, and has four chapters from ambition to and meaning and um, it's um, you know the, the idea of having meaning in your life is something that uh, is missing in, in, in so many people's lives because they just don't know how to allow okay. and there's a uh, there's a wonderful quote that uh, uh, was, was uh, in, in a film called um, Little, what was the name of the film? I can't remember. Anyway, Sir Lawrence uh, Vanderpost uh, in his uh, film. Um, and, and it goes like this. 
this. He said, the Bushmen in the Kalahari Desert talk about two hungers. There's the great hunger, uh-huh. and then there's the little hunger. The little hunger wants food for the belly, but the great hunger, mm-hmm. the greatest hunger of all, is the hunger for meaning. There's ultimately right. only one thing that makes human beings deeply and profoundly bitter, and that is to have thrust upon them a life without meaning. There's nothing wrong in searching for happiness, he said, but a far more comfort to the soul is something greater than happiness or unhappiness, and that is meaning, because meaning transfigures all. Once you are doing, once what you are doing has for you meaning, it is irrelevant whether you're happy or unhappy. You are content. You're not alone to your spirit. You you belong. Uh, It's from the film Hasten Slowly. And and that idea of meaning is... uh, is when you when you stay aligned with your source with your source and staying aligned with your source is that this book has four chapter four chapters in it from ambition to and meaning that's what I call the four chapters mm-hmm. and uh, the fourth chapter is is all about meaning and it's about living our lives you know Lao Tzu called them from uh, he called them the uh, the the virtues you know the uh, the cardinal virtues, a reverence for having reverence for all of life, um, treating everyone with kindness, uh, being in a state of uh, of service to all. Okay. Um, these are the kinds of qualities that, when you have them, when you stay aligned like that, um, and you allow yourself, um, you know, to experience that, that you invite. What, what Carl Jung called, you invite synchronicity into your life. The right events start to show up. The right people show up. It's almost as if yeah. you're collaborating with the, with, the, with the forces that allow the whole universe to take place. And it all comes from just getting to that place of, uh, of allowing rather than interfering. Uh, we were talking about this at dinner last night about how many, uh, how many people, when they, when they raise their children, they're constantly interfering all the time and mm-hmm. telling them what to do and how to do it and what they shouldn't be doing. And I'm speaking here about a different way of doing it. Oh, That's we just have a few seconds. Sorry, oh. I had to jump in. Oh, thanks. Uh, we've got about the warning. Yeah, the, uh, a few seconds till the break, but we will be right back with a little bit more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Excuses Be Gone with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Thanks for joining us. Our last segment today of Excuses Be Gone with Dr. Wayne Dyer. And Dr. Dyer joins us from Florida today on the phone, taking some calls here. And let's go right back to the phones to give you a chance to talk to some more people here today. Uh, how about let's go to Kate on line nine. She's calling from Massachusetts. And welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Thank you so much, Dr. Dyer, for taking my call. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hi, fine. It's so nice to hear your voice in person. Oh, that's so nice. So, I had a question. Um, I have a family friend of ours, so I don't know all that well, but he um, is struggling with alcohol addiction, and his son, like in the past, I think about 15 years ago, one of his sons was killed by a drunk driver, and he's been struggling both before and after that with the drinking. And I was just wondering... You know, it's not somebody that I know very well, but just when I've seen him, he's just so, like, loving and, and just wonderful, and I just feel for him and was wondering, um, you know, what you might suggest. I was thinking of if I was, you know, able to get a copy of the shift to give him that for... Yeah, we'll definitely send that off to you. Uh, so when, when, when you hang up, make sure you stay on. We'll get your address. But uh, I think more than that... Um you know the the addiction is a huge huge issue in our in our culture i mean uh, not just to alcohol but to you know so many prescription drugs i think mm-hmm. we've got a whole industry out there that is uh, almost uh, devoted to seeing how many people they can get um 
you know, addicted to as many different kinds of uh, medications and pills and so on, especially many of them that are mind-altering and so on. It's a, yeah. it's a big thing. And we have, if you look at it, we have an obesity crisis in our culture, which means there's huge addictions to things like sugar and, um, you know, and fats and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and most of it... Um, you know, is, is all avoidable. I mean, addiction, someone wants to find addiction as a never getting enough of what you despise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like chasing after that which you don't want. Um, I always remember my friend Patty Davis, President Reagan's daughter, um, who was a cocaine addict, and she wrote about it in, in Newsweek magazine and several other places. And she was struggling to get over it, and she would always struggle, and she would vow not to disappoint herself, and she would vow not to disappoint herself. And sure enough, uh, she didn't think enough of herself to even make that an issue, so she would uh, end up going back to it and going back to it, continuously going back to it. And she said then one day she realized that that, uh, she was disappointing God. And, mm-hmm. and by God, she didn't mean like something or someone outside of herself. She meant the highest part of herself, the well-being from which she originated, from which she came. And she began to recognize that her and God, uh, that connection was uh, inseparable, even though she had allowed it to become very uh, deeply corroded and rusted and so on. And when she decided that she didn't want to disappoint the highest part of herself, she didn't want to disappoint God any longer, uh, it became something very, very much easier. And mm-hmm. I am someone who has uh, been free of alcohol for over 22 years now. Uh, and again, it was, it was. I, I talk about it in the film, uh, and it might be very helpful for your friend to watch the film. Uh, okay. Because I, I talk about the fall that I, I went through. I went through a very embarrassing kind of experience uh, in my own life, uh, where I was insensitive to the needs of my family and so on. And uh, and it was after that fall that um, that I had a a quantum moment, a spiritual experience, in which I uh, I was told by. Uh, by someone or something, some voice came uh, into my room and told me that this will be easy and it'll be uh, it'll be over with for you, and you're never going to have to struggle with it again. And certainly, that, that, that from that morning on, it was four o'clock in the morning, four o seven a.m. I remember it as if it happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of my suggestions. Uh, I also have a, a, a little book uh, called um, uh, Being in Balance. Yep. Which has a, a whole section in there about overcoming addiction, and it's a it's a pip, uh, it's a book that you can get through uh, through Hay House as well. Okay, I, think I think it's the fifth chapter in in Being in Balance, yep. where it talks specifically about how um, how to make addictions become a, a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. Yep. But for for your friend, I mean, he's um, you know he's he's got to realize that this. Uh, this thing called addiction, excuses be gone, is another one of the things, you know, so when, when, they, when people say, well, it's going to be difficult and that's going to be very, it's going to take me a long time and I've always been this way. These are all the excuses that we use to maintain our, our, our dependence on something external to ourselves in order to get through our days. And once you begin to realize that, uh, that these things are not true, these, these thoughts that we have that it's going to t- be difficult, it's going to take a long time. The fact is he's only one thought away from, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and you do this thing, you know, you do it one day at a time, um, which is the way I continue to do it. I don't say, say to myself, I'm never going to have another drink again. I just simply say this today will not be the day that I'll have one, and, and mm-hmm. I don't. And, and that's what I would urge urge you to remind him of. Yeah. And he needs to be loved through it, I think, mm-hmm. especially since he, he lost he lost his son, you said, to, yeah. uh, to, uh, to someone who was drunk, drinking and driving as well. But he a could, lot of depression and guilt and, you know, overlapping. Mm, but if he could dedicate his life to his son, uh, mm-hmm. his son's memory, he could perhaps uh, go out there and really make a big impact on the 
you know, he, he's got a big job of forgiveness to take care of as well. Mm-hmm. You know, forgiving yeah. that person for having taken his son away. That's, yeah. a, that's a very hard one. That's, that's, that's at the very top of the list, but it's yeah. still necessary for him. I hope that's helpful. It is. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. We'll send you a copy of the movie and, send, okay. and send it to him, and maybe he can, you can have him listen to this radio show. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this show is being recorded, and I'm sure he can hear it. And, yeah. and we send him lots and lots of love and tell him that to... to um, to stop disappointing God, yeah, and um, and he'll probably be able to overcome it. He's only a, only one thought away from doing so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you, sweetheart. God bless you. And we'll get you the DVD, Kate. Stay on the line, and also remember the special deal with the DVD. If you order five or more, it is fifty percent off. So those are going to make some great gifts for people. Right. And there's two minutes. You think we could do a quick sure. one? Yep. Somebody was waiting for two minutes. Yep. Okay, let's go to Mary, Santa Maria, California, on line five. You there, Mary? I am. Hello there. Hi, Mary. We have a very short time. Tell me what's on your mind, beautiful. Um, just give me some of your wisdom on detaching. And before we go there, thank you so much for what you do. You, you are truly a wise man, and you're much appreciated. Oh, thank you very much. Detachment. Um, it, having to do with, um, I left a job. Uh, my choice, and I just went to part-time so I could work less hours, not not so many 12, 14-hour mm-hmm. days. But I still see things in my workplace that bother me sometimes. And, uh, most of the time I've been successful in just saying to myself when I see things that aren't right, um, the manager's eye is still out there. Mm. Um, you know what? They're doing the best they can. Yeah. Take care of it and just let yeah. it go. Yeah, I always say my best advice is don't be a person who's looking for occasions to be offended. Instead, look look for occasions to be happy and to be uh, to be above that and to and to let it all go. I mean, even the hardest things to look at, you know, like starving children and you know this this story that was in the paper yesterday about these four police officers that were, were that were assassinated up in Washington. And I mean, we get bombarded with these kinds of this kind of energy all the time. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, staying above it really means just just letting go and just saying that. Uh, my friend Ramdas used to say that he said even the children starving to death in Africa are part of the perfection of the universe, but so is your desire to end it. And stay with that. Stay, oh, with, what, yeah, stay with what you can do, what's, what's internal to you, and, and send a silent blessing out to all of those who are suffering. And let's all work together to make this world a, a more perfect and beautiful place. That is great. That's, that's yeah. very helpful. Thank you. That's You're so welcome. And we'll send you a copy of the movie, even though you got in just for a minute, Mary, in oh, Santa Maria. Isn't that where Michael Jackson's you. place is in Santa Maria? Yes, it is. I, it I spent is. a beautiful week with Michael Jackson uh, many years ago, 1991, with my whole family out there. So Beautiful I country. I remember you speaking about that one mm. day. Yeah, it, that was something. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, and continued good health to you. I know thank it's you. coming. Thank you. God thank bless you. you. I appreciate Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Well, we're just about to wrap up. Dr. Dyer went by so fast today. It is, yes. We had some great calls, too. Really, really wonderful people. And we'll be talking again next week. Excuses be gone with Dr. Wayne Dyer. And you'll be joining us again from Florida as well. Right. So I look forward to talking to you then. And have a great week. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.